Hello and welcome to another episode of No Such Thing as a Fish, a weekly podcast coming to you from the QI offices in Covent Garden. My name is Dad Shriver and I'm sitting here with Andrew Hudson-Murray, James Harkin and Alex Bell. And once again, we have gathered around the microphones with our four favorite facts from the last seven days. And in no particular order, here we go. Starting with you, Alex. My fact this week is that the Swiss flush about $2 million worth of gold down the toilet every year. Are they hiding it because it's Nazi gold and they're embarrassed about the fact they have it? And time to mention the Nazis. (laughs) Three seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, this is, it's lots and lots of little tiny, tiny gold particles. It's uh, a waste uh, result of the manufacturing process of watches, they think. Uh, They're not entirely sure where it comes from. All they know is that they've been analysing the uh, content of sewage and uh, it's got a really weirdly high percentage of gold in it. Can they collect it? They're trying to come up with a way of uh, getting it that's cost-effective, but at the moment it's too expensive. How crazy that it, it's costing too much to get 1.8 million yeah, dollars except, worth of gold. Except that when you think it, like it's like tiny, tiny particles in the water, so yeah. you know, it's like panning for gold. Can you go like panning really for tiny, gold there? Um, I think they're, they're way too small. Like it's not, it's not like panning for gold in like old times where you yeah. had little nuggets, so you <laughs> average it. Like, if you have the choice of panning for gold in a nice river in Scotland or maybe <laughs> in a load of sewage <laughs> in um, Switzerland, I know which one I'd choose. Yeah, but one definitely has gold in it. One's got one point eight hey, million dollars worth of gold. There's gold in them the mountains in Scotland. Is there? Did you not see that? That was in the news about two weeks ago, maybe a week ago, where they found the largest gold nugget ever in Britain. Oh, I think. the guy who was sitting in the river. I think he, what he does is he lies down, face down in the water, and he just kind of looks for it. Like wow. he doesn't do that panning thing or whatever. He just kind of lies there and waits and just tries to <laughs> see it. It's nice because it's like fishing, but without the without the fish. Yeah, yeah you yeah. just and you are the fish in a way. You're in the water. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? Do we know? Are you allowed to keep it if you find a big gold nugget in a river? Um, I can't remember. I think what happens is the Crown Estates can claim it. Oh. The Queen's allowed to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Is it is it if you find it on Crown Estate land, or is it just the Queen? No, owns I think the Queen owns everything. Actually, oh man! <laughs> if you find it downstairs in the, you know, let's say you're rooting around in the toilets of the QI office, and and there's no reason to say that, and I don't know why you would look at me when you're saying that. Well, I'm just saying, like we we've already decided that that's a good place to find gold. <laughs> No rivers around here. Right. But if you did find some gold, then technically I think you'd have to offer it to the Queen. Really? I think so. Unfair. I think the same goes for like bottle tops. If you find them in a metal detector, she's just less interested. You know, <laughs> is, is a crown whether, made of bottle tops isn't is quite that all these rooms at Buckingham Palace are just full of old bottle tops? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know there's loads of gold in British uh, sewers as well? But right. the, it's not from, because we don't have a luxury watch industry the same way that the Swiss do, um, it's about seven parts per million, which would make it economically feasible as a gold mine, as in, in a gold mine you get less than that. Yeah. But the way you get it gets into the water in Britain is from people doing the washing up while wearing wedding rings. Oh. So tiny bits of gold. And also, get this, if you brush your teeth and you've got a gold tooth, yeah. tiny bits of gold will come ah. off 
and make their way into the water. Can I ask, so cool. how often would I have to do the washing up before my wedding ring completely disappeared from my hand? It sounds like you're, you're really hoping to <laughs> get out of something by well, doing the washing up. I can say to my wife, I can't do the washing up because then our marriage will be annulled. <laughs> uh, probably several hundred years, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. I think the prob- divorce and subsequent <laughs> loss of the wedding ring would happen much sooner <laughs> as a result. Um, we've got in our upcoming book, we've got an article on the Fatberg that was displayed in the mm. London Museum this year. And uh, um, what, what is that book, Dan? It's going to be called the Book of the Year 2018. Okay, and where is it going to be available? Uh, you know, places like Waterstones mm. and online retailers that Andy doesn't allow us to say anymore. And um, <laughs> well, I do. It's going to be on Amazon. It's gonna uh, no, be... you can't say that. <laughs> uh, sorry, you were saying? Yeah. So, um, so the Fatberg, for anyone that doesn't know, is just a giant lump of fat that they find in the sewers mainly of london but they've been found worldwide and uh yeah they're they're ginormous it takes them days and days in some cases weeks to absolutely knock them apart uh they have to use pneumatic drills to get them down and uh it was made up 90 percent of cooking fat that we put down our uh our drains the others are wet wipes which is all mm-hmm. down to it turns out colonel sanders and kfc KFC effectively were the first people to let the wet wipe out into the public. The man, yeah, the man who invented the wet wipe sold it to KFC. So KFC were the original wet wipe people. But now they're mostly used by parents and stuff, right? Exactly, for children's bums. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't used to wipe the chickens, were they? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, what's interesting as well is that they found a higher concentration of banned gym supplements in the Fatberg than they did, say, cocaine or MDMA. What, like people. steroids and things? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Oh, so the Fatberg might become Musselberg. <laughs> 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 That's a German city I want to go to sometime. <laughs> All German cities are Musselberg. <laughs> yeah. Very well-developed people. Um <laughs> So I found a crime from this year where thieves used sewage to steal gold. This is clever. Ah, So it's in um, Western Australia where there are lots of gold mines. And what they did is they stole a sewage truck. And you remember sewage trucks, they have those big uh, hoses and nozzles which they can suck up sewage with. And they stuck that into a gold mine site's big pit of um, gold-rich liquid. And they suck that all up. Interesting. I didn't, they, yeah. I didn't know they would have like gold rich liquid. Uh, I don't know how they. I don't know how the mining process works. I guess maybe if they're blasting yeah, it with yeah, liquid, yeah. then they sort of have this goldy soup which they can then refine. Wow. Yeah. And, if, and if you're going to leave that lying around in a big vat labelled gold rich liquid, <laughs> you're asking to be robbed, really, aren't you? That's like putting it in a sort of bag with a dollar sign. But on it's it. very impressive though to steal a sewage truck to think of that because I would have just gone along with a Henry Hoover and yeah. tried to take a little bit. Yeah. I think that would be the um, the the great escape level way of doing it. Going in as a cleaner. <laughs> every day and just like getting a little bit in your hoover yeah uh, the largest nugget of gold ever found was called welcome stranger okay and i say was because as soon as it was found it was melted down into oh. gold ingots um, the second largest was called welcome only welcome uh, and that was also melted down into sovereigns but the good thing about that is it was found by one guy with a pickaxe um, who carried on mining after his fellow miners had gone to lunch. So they all went away and he thought, oh, I'm going to carry on mining. And as soon as he saw the nugget, he fainted. And then when the guys came back from lunch, they saw he was kind of face down in the middle of the hole and they thought he was dead. And so they climbed down to try and save him and they saw the nugget and they fainted as well. No. <laughs> wow. God, so it turns out the way to find nuggets of gold is just to lay face down. <laughs> that's, that's true. Wh- why, the, why were they called Welcome and Welcome Stranger? That's quite weird names for nuggets. Well, that's anything, a really good actually. question. I don't know why they're called that. Okay. I suppose what you might say 
if yeah. you if you found a nugget, you might. Oh, welcome, stranger. Yeah, that's, a, quite that's a bit oddly predatory way <laughs> of discovering something. Uh, the third largest is the largest extant nugget. It's called the Hand of Faith, and it's on display in Las Vegas. Hmm. Do you know what the Netherlands are doing with their old toilet paper? With their um, old toilet paper? Yeah, used toilet paper. They're oh. making it into windmills. Shitty yeah. windmills. <laughs> uh, oh, I wish it was that. No, they're, well, they're turning it into bike lanes, so oh. it is a similarly green... It was a similarly <laughs> kind of stereotypical yeah. Dutch thing. <laughs> Are they... So yeah. what, do they collect their paper on the side and not flush it down? Is that why? Oh, I don't know how it's collected, actually. That's a really good point. It, it, must, be, it must be that it's flushed down and then sort of scooped out and I not think really by degree. I think it's scooped out. Because what they do, once they've got it, and I don't know how they get it, but they extract the cellulose from it. So, you know, it's tree pulp and stuff, which mm. has a lot of cellulose, mm. which is this tough fibre, then they sterilise it, obviously and then they turn it into big pellets which they can turn into asphalt But also, <laughs> bike lanes are usually coloured brown, aren't they, to make them look different to the rest of the road Right. So they probably don't have to use any colouring Yeah, ah. a lot of skid marks as well <laughs> More the breaking of the bikes, guys <laughs> Watch out for pedestrians <laughs> Oh, <dear me. laughs> oh And yeah, I'm almost certain that they are they must be flushing them and then collecting the sewers because it's not like they'd be saying, please, everyone, put aside your used toilet paper and we'll come and get no, it. No, that does happen. Do do that. that does happen, Alex. That no, does happen. That yes, it does. Not yeah. in a yeah. developed it country like it the happens, Netherlands. It happens, yeah. it happens in Greece. Yeah, it happens yeah. in Greece. Really? Yeah. yeah. The film? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that song. <laughs> Okay, it is time for fact number two, and that is Andy. My fact is that Robert Burns made his own ink out of old beer, lard, elephant tusk, and sulfuric acid. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's very cool. What a man. I I read the source that you sent for this, and it noted that these were all things that were readily available in Scotland (laughs) at the time. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, old beer and lard, obviously. But but where did they get elephant tusks in Scotland? Ivory, I reckon. Big ivory trade. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean that's. I, I just said another word for the thing. That exactly. you, <laughs> <laughs> Capitalism, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, I didn't know this, but writers basically had to make their own ink for centuries. You couldn't just go down to the ink shop and buy some ink. So there are all these recipes around, and researchers from the University of Glasgow have analysed. It's really cool. They took original Burns. Uh, poems and they lifted ink away in a way that didn't damage the original poems because wow. obviously the original manuscripts that's amazing and how, I wonder how they do that I don't know I wish I did because you wouldn't want to accidentally lift off a whole word no <laughs> <laughs> and you forget what it is <laughs> um, and and the the really cool thing is they've found different recipes from different uh, stages of his life. So when he was young and poor, he uh, used a particular kind of iron gall ink. And then as he got richer, he used this uh, thing called ivory black, which involved treacle and lard and acid and vinegar and ivory. And and it's a way of telling the real poems from forgeries. Yeah, which that's amazing, isn't it? They're starting to apply this now to all ancient manuscripts Mm. because if they see the recipe someone uses and then someone else claims to have an original and it turns out it's made from, I don't know, mole and... (laughs) And butter and sausages. <laughs> then it's like, this is not. This is not mole, a, sorry, mole as in the animal. Yeah, the like, animal. Yeah. Yeah. And moles. Human moles. <laughs> butter and sausages. Yeah. 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 Um, Robert Burns uh, used to have some really cool nicknames. Go on. He used to refer to himself as Spunky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he used to call himself the Rant and Roving Robin. That was one of his personal favorites, apparently. Yeah. But he never called himself Rabby or Robbie. Which is what uh, Rabbi Burns or Robbie Burns is what many people right. in the UK would associate as his nickname that we've yeah. given him. Yeah, never, never called himself that. 
but he's calling himself these. He's not really nicknames. Yeah, they're not really nicknames if you call them yourself. Bit of a Ooh, no one else is calling yeah. him Spunky. I don't think that counts as a nickname. That's yeah, more f- like an online avatar. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter handle at Rant and Roman Roman. <laughs> oh, he would he would have been great on Twitter. Would it's he? Really funny, I think. Like, would he? Or would he actually just be tweeting really tedious things about making your own ink? Yeah. Um, yeah. These these recipes are really weird. So. There are lots of uh, recipes that used to exist. Oh, do you know about uh, Gaul ink? Uh, no. So Asterix. Gaul. Ah, sorry. So G-A- Gaul as in gallbladder, I guess. Yes, but not as in gallbladder. Gaul wasps. Exactly. <laughs> is it? Yeah. So there are these. There are hundreds of species of wasps called uh, gall wasps, and what they do is they um, they land on an oak tree and they lay their eggs inside the leaf buds. And then that turns into this weird kind of tumour or lump on the tree. And the little grub grows inside and it's all protected from the outside. But um, those galls can be ground up and they're a massive ingredient for ink. And they were for hundreds and hundreds of years. There's only one kind of oak gall which makes the ink. And it's basically the most important wasp in history. Um, So all of, you know, Mozart, Darwin, Magna Carta, Beowulf, all of that was written in oak gall ink. Wow. It was for centuries and centuries. It was the ink to use. What so you could we... say that these wasps are responsible for all those great works, can't you, really? I think you can. Yeah. Yep. Wow. <laughs> I mean, also the trees that you made the paper from and, you know, the tables. That it's a group on. effort. <laughs> <laughs> <It's not laughs> Collaboration. This logic is flawed. <laughs> but, you know, well done, wasps. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be like a Hidden Figures movie, is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's really the NASA site. Um, do, what do we make it out of these days, then? I don't actually know much about... Um, I don't know, actually. I, I think it involves carbon, but I haven't looked it up properly. Is it not made out of moles and sausages? Uh, and butter, and I butter, think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's probably made out of some kind of um, synthetic resin stuff. Yeah, let's go with that. Cool. <laughs> Capitalism. Um, did you know that the Secret Service has an international ink library? No. And they keep uh, more than 11,000 specimens of ink, and it's for identifying mystery inks when they get, you know, like a poison pen letter or something like that. Mm. They, they've got, they've so got cool. inks dating all... So it was set up in the... <laughs> what does that do for them? Uh, or they can Is find out, like, one... when or where it was made and, yeah. like... Turns out like we're looking one. for the author of <laughs> Beowulf. <laughs> 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 Bring in the wasp. <laughs> um, but yeah, they've got they've got inks dating back all the way to nineteen twenties, and it's pretty cool. So blood's used often in place of ink. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just looking into different types of uh, methods of writing. <laughs> Wait, where? where, where so didn't when? Saddam Hussein have a Quran in his yeah. own blood? This is what I was going to say. Oh, this sorry. Is, no, no, but it's, it's extraordinary. I'd not heard of this. So Saddam Hussein, post a assassination attempt um, on his son, uh, became a devout Muslim. And so I read this in Atlas Obscura. They... Um, he gave on his after his 60th birthday 27 liters of his own blood to a That's Caligula. That's really an armful. <laughs> he a, must have needed a big biscuit after that. <laughs> <laughs> so he gave it to this calligrapher um, who spent two years putting together a 600-page blood Saddam Hussein blood inked Quran, which is now uh, locked in a vault in a mosque in Baghdad. But it sits there. It's this bizarre. Yeah, Things I mean, so there's creepy. more. There's there's much more blood than you would need to make a new Saddam Hussein. There, you need more than blood to make a person. Andy. That's true. Yeah, no. I'm just saying, if someone else finds other ingredients, I don't then know. we're in trouble. I've watched Jurassic Park, and I'm pretty sure they only <laughs> had some blood. 
That's very true, actually, yeah. But, so then, yeah. but then the problem is, is that the dinosaurs turn female, so at some point, Saddam Hussein might turn into a girl and start reproducing on the island. Yeah. But I assume we're keeping him on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't want, I don't want to go to the theme park or see the film, to be honest. I think it's a more sensible pitch than the new Jurassic World movie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it is time for fact number three, and that is James. Okay, my fact this week is that Sweden's highest point is now its second highest after the top of it melted. Oh, no. Poor poor highest point. Or good for the second highest point. Yeah, that's true. Finally, that bastard's got what's coming to it. (laughs) So is is the second highest one not covered in ice? So... You're right, exactly right. So they're basically the same part, they're the same mountain, but they're two different peaks on the same mountain. And the highest point in Sweden has a glacier on top of it. Um, but due to the recent heat wave, the glacier has melted, and now the second highest point is the highest. But in the winter, they expect them to swap places again. Yeah, Ooh. so it must be really confusing for any sort of textbooks that they're going to publish between now and winter because <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> they can't confirm that it's definitely going to get cold enough. The real victims in this scenario. <laughs> uh, and this is, I d- I'll probably pronounce this wrong, but it's something like Kebna Kaiser Mountain, uh, which is in the north of Sweden. Oh, man. So it's not a good news story in some ways. Well, I didn't put it forward as a good news story, no, no, did I? I? No, completely. No, you didn't. Um, I think it's just a thing that happened. Uh, and I think it's interesting that a country can have two um, peaks that are the highest at different pi- yeah. parts. Of the yeah. And there are even worse things about it, actually, because let's say you're Swedish or let's say you're any nationality, but you want to climb the highest point in Sweden. Yeah. You've always been able to climb this kind of point, which is the north uh, peak of Kebnekaiser. And now you need to climb the other one. And actually, it's a much more difficult climb. So for a safety aspect, they think a lot more people might get injured or killed because they're trying to climb this really difficult peak, mm. whereas before they could do the relatively easy one. Can you wait until... I guess you can wait until winter. Oh, no, it's bad climbing mountains in winter, isn't it? It's easier yeah. in spring and summer. Yeah, no. although but, it's um, it's snowy at the top anyway of the of the old one. Okay. How, um, how, how, how much is it melted by to make it? Is it a matter of centre? Because you could just take like a calippo up if you really want the other one to be <laughs> and just stick it in the snow. I don't think you're allowed to make your own highest <laughs> yeah, point. Well, that did happen. That's that movie. Uh, I think we might have mentioned it before. The man who went up the hill and came down the mountain, oh, yeah. which was a true story of the mm. guy in Wales who they said that to be a mountain it had to be a certain height so we added a little bit on top of it to make it higher uh, but I think he did that with ground rather than calippos. Oh. <laughs> I I didn't actually. I thought that movie was going to be something sort of some tedious emotional journey, and that was a metaphor. I didn't realize that was literally the story. I think it might, I think it might also film. be a tedious emotional yeah, journey. Yeah, it was okay. So get this: the the lowest highest point. No, hang on. Sorry. There oh, we go. <laughs> oh damn it! The highest lowest point in the world. Highest low- okay. in oh, any okay. country. Yeah. Oh, okay. So is it? Uh, can I guess? Yeah. Uh, I think, is it in Swaziland? Oh, you're so close. Oh, it's, it's down there somewhere, isn't it? It's the it? other one. The Lesotho. Lesotho. It's the yeah. other small oh. country within South Africa. Is Lesotho the enclave country? Yes. Which is completely surrounded by South Africa. Okay. Um, what, is, what is it? Is it like a cave or is it has to be above ground? It's, yeah, it's just the lowest. It's, so all of Lesotho is uh, well over 1,000 metres above sea level. Mm. So the lowest point in Lesotho is 1,400 metres above sea level, and wow. everything else is even higher than that. Are there any countries that are entirely below that point? Oh, well, um, Tuvalu. Tuvalu, yeah, all mm. of those places that are going to get... Tuvalu and the Maldives, yeah. That's so cool. the, the lowest high point, as opposed to the highest low point... The lowest high point, yeah. ...is in the Maldives... 
which is 2.4 meters above sea level. Whoa. Yeah. So uh, Maldives, obviously, lots of islands, and 99% mm. of the Maldives territory is open ocean. But th- there was this island called Vilingali, which had an eight-foot rise on it, which was the highest point. However, in 2013, a golf course opened on that island, and it has a small mound on it, which was 16 feet above sea level. And the fifth hole teeing off point is the highest point now in the Maldives. And it's it's in a resort and they do a daily tour and all guests who complete the ascent get a certificate. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's hilarious. That's be annoying, though, if you're playing golf and you've got a whole sort of expedition trying to <laughs> what with crampons the... and with helmets and with <laughs> mount the hole oh, and there's a flag there someone's got here <laughs> I've got a Swedish mountains fact oh yeah there is a massive bunker inside is this uh, another golf mountains. fact no <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, a sort of massive underground bunker inside the Swedish mountains um, and it was built as sort of government protection facility for you know nuclear uh, events and stuff um, and it's no longer used for that and it was sold to a private data center so they keep servers in there now in oh. and one of the things that's kept inside those servers is wikileaks huh assange yeah, yeah. actually yeah <laughs> the, digi- the digital version of assange is kept in imprisoned underground and it, you look at pictures it does actually look like an evil villain's lair it's crazy but it's <laughs> inside a mountain it's made of glass wow. but um it's cool yeah it's where that's where wikileaks is guys it's inside a swedish mountain wow that's very cool that is very cool the highest point in the Netherlands is 4,000 miles from Amsterdam. What? Yeah. <laughs> so um, there's the Caribbean Netherlands, oh, which like is a different... Like the Antilles. Like the, yeah, yeah, I think it was called the Dutch Antilles, and, and then yeah. recently they had a weird admin change. But there's an island called Saba, and it has a mount on it called Mount Scenery. Uh, it's about yeah. three or four times higher than anywhere in the Netherlands. That's true, actually. If um, The highest point of Britain, I think, if we count everything that we claim, is in the Antarctic. Oh, right? that's good. Because we claim a little bit of the Antarctic, which has a massive mountain on it. Nice. And the highest point in Australia is not... What is it? Kosciuszko. Yeah, it's actually an island off the coast of Australia, which has got a massive peak on it. Uh. And the highest point in Spain is in the Canary Islands, Mount Tiede. Ah. So loads of countries, the highest point isn't really in that country at all. Wow. Who owns... Oh, no. I was thinking the moon with the highest... (laughs) With the highest... uh, No one owns the moon. No, but there's the flag. That's not true. I've got a certificate. (laughs) (laughs) The highest point of Andy's house is actually on the moon. (laughs) Uh, I have a thing or two about the the big heat wave that we've been going Mm. through. Uh, Um, So this is uh, quite tied in, your fact, to the fact that globally there's been a heat wave. And um, Ireland, uh, very recently... Um, through the heat wave and through the drought uh, has had exposed a sort of huge stone that says Ire, so E-I-R-E. Sorry, I always pronounce that era, but I don't, era. Know, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, would you say era? Don't look at me. Would you say era? I don't know. I, I'd say it is an error to say what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it is error. Error. I'll just say that. Yeah. yeah. So, they, so it's exposed, this giant stone error. E-I-R-E, and it's uh, along the Irish coast, and what it was is, during the Second World War, they built this uh, to show the enemies that were flying over, thinking that they were going to bomb, let's say, England, don't bomb us, this is Ireland, this is neutral ground. Uh, this wasn't is... it to differentiate Ireland from Northern oh, Ireland? Oh, okay, was it Northern Ireland? As in, I think, well, I'm just guessing, but I would have thought that pilots would know whether they were over Ireland or... Well, it could be foggy, you know, if you're yeah. flying. Yeah. 
Second World War, they, they didn't have... Uh... <laughs> You're just assuming everyone in the war was an idiot. It yeah. sounds like someone who's yeah. used the excuse of fog for making some pretty <laughs> egregious errors in your life. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to be in her house. I, you know, I didn't know I was 50 miles away. It was foggy. Foggy. What can I say? <laughs> um, I, sorry, just to backtrack a tiny bit. Um, there were huge fires as a result of this heat wave, and uh, the fires knocked out all of the grass and the trees and so on, and it's exposed this giant air. E-I-R-E to mean Ireland. Um, I've found it on the internet, so let's see how they pronounce it. Air or era. Brilliant. <laughs> so was that Pornhub that you found? <laughs> <to find that? laughs> um, I have a fact about Sweden, which I definitely know how to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> so, in lots of Swedish mountains, uh, there have been no worms since the Ice Age. They were all wiped out... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, great. I mean, bad for the worms. Bad right? for the worms, but they've got other places to live, so it's fine. Um, and bad for the soil in the mountains. This is the thing. So they change the vegetation, and they have very negative effects on particular trees. I think they even affect deer life cycles. I can't remember how. So n- the thing is that they are definitely invasive because worm populations apparently are only capable of moving 5 to 10 metres a year. Okay. So for, the, for them to make their way all the way through northern Europe into the Swedish mountains, they wouldn't have done it for thousands it's and thousands of years. It's not much of an invasion. It's not like <laughs> no. the Germans going into Russia, is it? No. Um, and the, so this is how we know that they're invasive. Mm. Um, and they're impossible to get rid of if they establish themselves. So this could completely change the European landscape over the next few hundred years. Yeah. Um, do you know that with due to the heat wave, um, bears in Dundee in the zoo, um, got an 80 kilo ice lolly to keep them cool. <laughs> wow. wow. What's it made of? Uh, ice. Oh, nice. And fruit. Oh, lovely. Guess. That's yeah. very nice. That does uh, sound good. It sounds like one of those decoy healthy lollies. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when the um, ice cream man used to come and we weren't allowed to go and my mum would instead freeze some orange juice yeah. and we had to have that. I have the same kidding. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Would she then cut the carton open uh, as in, how would you get at the orange juice? Did you uh, pour it into a glass? You and do then it. You do it, it in ice cube trays, right? Uh, no. So we had special ice lolly trays that are like <laughs> ice cube yeah. trays, but shaped like ice lollies. I remember those. So you pour the yeah into yeah. the molds. That is a better method than <laughs> just freezing the <laughs> ice cube, the orange cube carton, and then hacking it open. <laughs> Entire litre of ice orange. What you do is you jam a pool cue into the orange juice carton and freeze that. (laughs) Um, Did the bears get like get it on sticks or? I saw a photo of it, I think, and I think it was hanging on a chain. Wow! And they could climb on it. That is, I believe, climb on it. Yeah, on an ice lolly. Imagine a magnum, a big magnum swinging from a chain, (laughs) and you can just clamber on it. Not very (laughs) grippable. An ice lolly is a solid block of ice. I think I've just discovered my fetish. I would, <laughs> I would love to see that Miley Cyrus video where she swings it. <laughs> um, the highest temperature ever recorded in Scotland was, was this year. This year, uh, but it was declared invalid because the thermometer was next to a vehicle with its engine running. <laughs> <laughs> and the, um, Oops. the coldest temperature ever outside of Antarctica was um, measured in Siberia, mm-hmm. uh, but no one knows if that's right because the thermometer broke due to the cold. Oh. <laughs> Okay, it is time for our final fact of the show. That is my fact. My fact this week is that when financier William C. Ralston modestly refused to allow a town to be named after him, the town instead called itself Modesto. <laughs> Modesto or Modesto? Modesto. 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 I would Should guess. Should we check on the internet? Yeah. Yeah. Modesto. 
Modesto. Modesto. Modesto. <laughs> Modesto. Absolutely nailed it. Okay. Modesto. Yeah. Modesto. It sounds like a. It sounds like a very demure magician. It does. Yeah. The great <laughs> Modesto. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> say great. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So this fact was sent to me by at shutter underscore butter on Twitter. Uh, it's an amazing fact, so thank you, Shutter underscore Butter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Modesto is in California. Um, it is a town that has had a bit of fame via the fact that it's the birthplace of George Lucas, and uh, back in the day he made a very famous movie called American Graffiti. It was a, pu- <laughs> <laughs> it was a massive movie at the time. Uh, it was pre-Star Wars. It, has- it sounds like that's what he's going to say. But I think what you're going to say is that might have been based on this town? It was. Modest, American Graffiti took place in Modesto. It was filmed elsewhere, but that's where it took place. Interestingly, um, George Lucas is so modest that he only introduces himself as the director of American Graffiti. <laughs> Jeremy Renner, the actor, yeah. is from uh, uh, Modesto. He oh, was born is, there as well. This is a significant town. It is. And and can I just quickly slip in my favorite Jeremy Renner fact from the year? <laughs> uh, just used it. Thank God he was born there. I've been dying to get this fact out. Um, he's starring in the new movie Tag. Uh, oh, right. yeah. So in Tag, um, it's only most of Jeremy Renner that appears in the movie. His arms don't appear in the movie. And the reason is he broke them just as they were filming. And so they were in casts. And so they had to CGI in You're his arms. Kidding. Yeah. So when you watch the movie Tag, which is predominantly about, I think, using your <laughs> yeah, arms. Playing Tag. Yeah. They're not his arms. They're CGI arms. Is it, are you saying he was running around with two broken arms in casts? Yeah. He was in Does cast. that mean technically he's still it? Because he has a tag. <laughs> it's also a really confusing conversation to have. We're going to recast his arms because he's been broken. <laughs> Get the casting director in here. Like, Very good. Uh, so, so on this town's naming thing, yeah. there's, a, there's a huge trope of how towns get their names. So there's a town in Tennessee which is called Difficult. And it's all, it all happens when they write to the post office saying, can we have this particular name? And supposedly, when they applied for the name, which was a really complicated name, they wanted to name the town, the US Postal Service replied, your name is difficult. And the people in the town thought, oh, they've just renamed our town. Difficult. I never believe any <laughs> no, of these no, stories. This is in, in, there's one in California called Likely, and the legend is always that all the residents got together to decide on a name for their new town, because for some reason they were all living there in a town <laughs> with no name. And then they were like, they were like oh, we're never going to grow on a name. And a guy went, yeah, Likely. And like then they were like, great name, isn't it? And the same happened for town You Bet. Apparently there's a guy who went, Oh, you bet, and that's why the town's called You Bet. Ridiculous. I mean, like they all like they all of this stuff is on the internet, they need to get more original stories. Yeah. Ding dong Texas. Do you know about that? (laughs) (laughs) Ding dong Texas. But did somebody ring the bell just as they were deciding on the name? They're like, perfect. (laughs) Um no, it was named after um for Governor Peter Bell. Um, and the businessman Zulus Bell and his nephew Bert, uh, but Zulus and Bert were not in any way related to Peter. Um, so yeah, it was called Ding Dong as a reference. Um, and uh, weirdly, it's in central Texas's Bell County. Ding Dong. Oh, oh, yeah. nice. I thought it might have been named after Leslie Phillips. Oh, Do you yeah. Remember? yeah. Ding Dong. Yeah. <laughs> Blast of the past. Um, there's only one place on Earth that I've found which is called Earth. Okay. It's in Texas. That's good. 
and there are various reasons as to why as always some somebody suggested it's because they have a lot of earth there <laughs> but there's a really good article about it online which points out there are at least two other places in america named after every single oh, other planet the so venus and mercury in, in florida jupiter yeah. there are saturns guess which planet there are not two places named after mercury it's uranus oh. there is one place it's but it's there. more of a tourist attraction than a town like it's the little really tourist attraction which contains the Uranus Brewing Company, Combat Uranus. There's a guy who calls himself the Mayor of Uranus. Mm. They sell fudge, which has a label on it saying Uranus Fudge. Sounds great. Um, this is a cool place. There's a place called Nitro, which is named after the explosive powder, which was made there in the First World War. That's so cool. So that yeah. seems like a proper etymology. You know? There's yeah. a place in um, Russia called Asbestos where a friend of mine was born. Wow. wow. And it's where they make all the asbestos and send it to America. Very cool. This is, uh, I don't know how well this is known in Britain, but uh, in the UK, there was a place that had its name changed, Stains. Had well, its it's, name there's still a place called Stains. Yeah, well, technically not just Stains. It's now oh. called Stains upon Thames. It's not much better, is it? <laughs> no. But <laughs> I remember know? this. I remember when they tried to do this. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the reason that they did this is because Ali G internationally had given Stains, Stains massive exactly yeah. such yeah. a bad name that they they were always associated. If you didn't like, I remember watching Ali G in mm. Australia and thinking, "Oh, Stains must be." I could see there was laughter, but you just associated it sort of as this place yeah. where and Stains is quite nice. Yes, exactly. That's the gag. That's is the that gag. He's from yeah. someone who's quite middle class yeah. and quite, you know. So they wanted to change it, but they didn't really change it. They just added an extra bit on the end. Yeah, exactly. So on the 15th of December 2011, um, the Spelthorne Borough Council resolved by 25 votes to 4 um, to change the name of the town to Stains-upon-Thames to try and boost the local economy by promoting its riverside location. I'm oh. quoting quoting directly from yeah, yeah, yeah. the Wikipedia article <laughs> that I found this on. So, I wonder if there's a calculation for how much adding upon Thames adds to a town's net worth, as it were, as in Richmond-upon-Thames is quite sort of yeah. classic, or upon any river. You I would do sort of like Stains with Waitrose, and that would probably help. Because yeah, Stains-upon-Waitrose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, My uncle, when he was a councillor in Bolton, tried to change the name of Bolton to bolton Lamours. <laughs> yeah, because there are lots of other places called Bolton in the world, and he thought it would distinguish our town from the other ones. And also, we're on the moors, as in that's where all the fires were. The moors. Funny, he was trying to bolt on an extra bit yeah. to the name. Very <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. um, was he and- successful? No, it's still called no, Bolton. It's still called Bolton, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Surely, Bolton is the most famous Bolton. I don't mean any disrespect to uh, other Boltons Michael. around the world, but <laughs> oh yeah, Michael. Famously, it. people are always getting confused between the town and the person. <laughs> <laughs> Misdirected mail from an entire town to his house every day. <laughs> There's a city, uh, Topeka. We've all heard of Topeka. Yep. So it's, the, it's in Kansas, and it's the capital of the state. It's no, it's no, you know, no one slouch. It's no slouch. It's no slough. Um, <laughs> but it uh, it changed its name to Google for a month. Did it legally and officially? Topeka did. Yeah. And it was to win a Google high-speed internet project, which would have given everyone internet 100 times faster than the national average at but the time. But then no one would ever be able to search for them online, would they? <laughs> you break the internet yeah. if you Google Google. Well, they, it didn't work. No. Google went with Kansas City, Kansas, instead. But the mayor, he said he didn't really mind not winning. And he said, I've often wondered what difference does it make if it takes you 10 seconds or one second to access information. My life goes a little slower than that. Oh. Yeah, he's a very laid-back guy. 
Um, but they've, this is not the first time they changed the name. In 1998, Topeka changed its name, and one of you will really like this fact. They changed it to Topeka Chew. Because Pokemon arrived in the USA. Yeah, love it. Wow. Yeah. On Modesto, yeah, it's the second unhappiest city in the United States of America. What? Yeah. Wow. The um the city's motto is water, wealth, contentment, health. Um, and that was selected uh, in a contest in 1911 <laughs> where the winner won $3 as a prize. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, and just to say, Ralston uh, wasn't just this local banker. Uh, oh, the man is, who the, the town was not who, named after. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Ralston was... Uh, he was one of the most rich people in California, actually, and he founded the Bank of California. So he was he was a very important guy in his day. Well, he didn't um, like to talk about it. <laughs> I really had to dig deep to find that. Um, I, there's a town in California called Secret Town. Is there? Mm. And why is it called that? Do we know? I can't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely know nothing about it. There's nothing on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> it's two line Wikipedia page article, is it? <laughs> Okay, that's it. That is all of our facts. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with any of us about the things that we have said over the course of this podcast, we can be found on our Twitter accounts. I'm on at Schreiberland. Andy? At Andrew Hunter M. James? At James Harkin. And Alex? At Alex Bell. That's right. And you can also go to our group account, at No Such Thing. Or you can go to our Facebook page, No Such Thing as a Fish, or our website, No Such Thing as a Fish.com. We have everything up there from our previous episodes to links to our upcoming live shows to our books. We've got a new book coming out, which you can uh, probably pre order at this point. We also have our great documentary series that we put up on iTunes called Behind the Gills. It's on a few other platforms. There'll be a link there. Follows us around on our last tour of the UK. You can Check get it in out. America. Can't you? Yeah, it's in America now as well, uh, which is very exciting. Probably if you're in Modesto, you could probably download it. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back again next week. We'll see you then. Goodbye. Goodbye.